Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Lindsay Carberg, VP of Marketing at Verona Health. Lindsay, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. It's great to be here. So tell us about Verona Health. Well, Verona Health is a startup, and we are based in Silicon Valley, and it's a healthcare technology and analytics innovator transforming multi-specialty clinical data into real-world evidence. So we're anchored in ophthalmology, neurology, and urology. And we really help take healthcare data from entry at the point of care with the physicians, all the way to evidence with life sciences partners through to research. So at the end of the day, we're helping to accelerate research and advance medical care, which is an exciting thing to be a part of. Very cool. So are your customers primarily physicians, ophthalmologists, and and other medical professionals? Yeah, we partner with medical registries such as the American Academy of Ophthalmology, the American Urological Association, and the American Academy of Neurology. And we're stewards of their healthcare data. And we're providing value back to their physicians through quality measures reporting. And then we partner actually with life sciences organizations. So a lot of that data, that rich real world data that's happening in everyday medicine, we're helping life sciences unlock the value of that in a de-identified manner so that they can do things like accelerate the clinical trials. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. So now your job, of course, as VP of marketing is to help develop the Verona brand to tell the story of the company in a way that's going to engage your core audience. Yes. And this is a question we ask of, of all of our guests. What does that term mean to you, the term engagement? What does it mean to you in a marketing context? I think there's a lot of ways to define engagement. At the end of the day, I would say engagement really encompasses brand excitement and brand loyalty and really being recognizable. Oftentimes your customers, you could get lost in the clutter. And if you're not having that pulse of what's going on, you're not really understanding the landscape of who they are and what's important to them. Any strategies or tactics that you throw out there, whether it's digital or traditional, could just get lost in the clutter. So having that voice that connects with your end user, with your customer, is really important in that engagement ecosystem. Because if you're not connecting with them, you're not engaging them. Yeah. I like that term, brand excitement. (laughs) So I, I assume by that you mean people, literally people getting excited about your brand. Yeah, and brand differentiation, too. You want to be able to stand out in in a cluttered environment. So what does an engaged customer look like? What do they do? Well, I would kind of classify it in two ways. There's obviously the direct-to-consumer world, and then there's the B2B world. And where I am today in the B2B world, that's really just being receptive to our sales representatives. So if marketing, we can enable our sales representatives to tighten that consideration timeline that someone will actually respond to an email, pick up the phone, listen to what our sales reps have to say, that to me is engagement. We kind of operate in the background and it's not as exciting as the direct-to-consumer world, but you see a real effect in helping to tighten that long path to purchase by mm-hmm. months, even in some cases, years in this B2B world. In the direct-to-consumer world, brand engagement becomes fun, 
right? You're, you get that as a marketer, you get the real sense of immediacy of what's happening when you see the likes and the clicks and people talking about your brand and the ecosystem. And in my former life, when I led digital at Cool Sculpting, we saw a lot of this. And it became exciting to see things start to go viral and tumbleweed in that regard. So I think you have to put your head in the mind space of who is your customer? If you're in that B2B world, you have to get away from the notion that brand engagement is about the likes and the clicks and the shares and all the fun stuff that we see in our day-to-day -day TikTok and Instagram lives. And it becomes more about let's get our reps enabled to be successful. Yeah. Okay. Right. So the, the way that you measure success is different, namely yes. through how, how is the sales team doing? Yeah. Yeah. How, how are sales this quarter? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, you described before your sort of your core audience for your engagement efforts. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you face in terms of cutting through all that clutter and noise to best enable your sales teams? Yeah, I would say right now in the B2B world, the biggest challenge is the remote environment. And for your listeners who are in the B2B world, they'll probably empathize with this, that the longer sales cycle there is, the more face-to-face -face time holds importance. And things like face-to-face -face meetings and trade shows hold a lot of weight. And in this virtual world, we're attending trade shows, but they're in a virtual space so that that face-to-face -face time, that isn't happening anymore. And the zhuzh that you can bring to your brand at Exhibit Hall, that's not happening anymore. So to address this, we really become focused on thought leadership and the role that that plays in the online world and how we can insert ourselves into that digital ecosystem of our audience to help tighten that consideration timeline for the reps. And that has been pretty critical is just finding our voice and mm. helping to elevate and get into the feeds and the news outlets that our customers and prospective customers are reading. I would also advise right now, it's a good time to take a step back. And this is what we've been doing as well, is just focusing on the foundation. With fewer trade shows, especially, we have more time and energy to put toward things like market research, competitive intelligence, brand identity, things that bode well overall. Uh, so I would advise a lot of your listeners that if you're struggling with this kind of remote environment as well, especially if you're in that B2B space, you know, take, take that time to take a step back, do the work that will enable mm -hmm. you to be successful in the future as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Especially a future that might be uncertain as we've learned this past year, Things yeah. can happen totally out of nowhere and change yeah. the entire landscape of, of what you're dealing with. Yeah. So now you mentioned thought leadership as a focus. Yes. Especially given that the face-to-face -face interaction. And what was that term you used? Was it zhuzh? Zhuzh. <laughs> what, is, I, what is that? What's zhuzh? <laughs> I, you know, it's it's a fine mix of the, the POW in marketing and the, the symphony around it. <laughs> I, I stole it from a former colleague of mine, so I can't take full credit for the term. <laughs> I like it. I've never heard that before, but I'm going to start using it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, without being able to have that face-to-face -face with people <laughs> at, at conferences, 
how have you guys pivoted? What are some examples of the ways in which you've been trying to develop thought leadership during the past year or so? Yeah, we've shifted investment to larger investment in, in public relations. So really having focused attention and media relationships, the outlets that we're focused on. You know, I, I look at your investment in public relations as twofold. Obviously, you get you get a lot of bang for your buck in the actual article that's published, whether it's a media interview, a bylined article, but then it's what you can do with that after the fact. And there is the element of search engine optimization, knowing that in search results, you're going to appear upon with this article, but also that those media placements you can use as marketing fodder, your reps can use to showcase credibility within an industry. It's the pull through of that public relations investment that makes it tenfold. Okay. And I noticed you guys have a blog as well. Yes. Not unusual for a company to have a blog, but yes. I assume that's also a channel you use to develop thought leadership and so on. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've been in this position at Verona Health now for just a quarter. And mm -hmm. we've really refocused attention to that blog, focusing in on thought leadership. So really getting our key subject matter experts within the organization, we have incredible MDs, PhDs, people at the top of their fields, how can we bring those people to the forefront? Because people should be listening to what they have to say because they're experts. And the blog for us is a perfect showcase to do that. And again, just like your public relations efforts, it's not just about posting on the blog one and done. It's about the pull through uh, promotional activity around mm. that, ensuring that it doesn't just sit there and have nobody see it. Yeah. Now, you've already described a, renew, a focus on PR and why that's valuable. Can you give us another example of an engagement strategy or a marketing campaign that's gotten strong results over the past year or so? Yeah, I would say I, I look at it not in a tactic by tactic format, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will agree that marketing is a symphony. So it's a symphony of tactics that they all just work in harmony together. And I would advise other marketers to think that way too. It's, it's not just a social post or in the consumer world, a TV ad. It's how these things work together to help people drive down the path to purchase. And I, I think of example, when I was at cool sculpting, cool sculpting, we heavily invested in direct to consumer marketing on the consumer side of our business. And this of course meant TV, but it's also worth noting that to get the most out of the TV investment, our digital investment needed to complement it. So it started with the foundational components, okay. such as ensuring your website is fast, the content is easy to find, there's a clear call to action, and then it becomes optimizing your search investment because when you're exposed to TV advertisements, the first thing that you do is grab your phone, hop on the computer, conduct a search. Uh, and then from there, it's about pulling through through social media, that act, ongoing activity, the conversations that you're having with the community, making sure you're accessible and available because people have questions and that you have engaging content that complements the brand people are seeing on TV, on the outdoor advertisements, in the physician offices where our product was, was available and having that all 
harmonize and work together. So I, the biggest piece of advice I would give is that when you're thinking of a specific tactic, think of the dependencies of that tactic, right? It's not mm -hmm. just a social media post in a vacuum. What else is connected to that? And ensure that you're addressing those things as well. So yeah. what's a current marketing trend that you think is maybe overrated? I worry that the fad of this term growth marketing is, is drowning out the important role that brand still plays in marketing. As someone who grew up in digital marketing, that's, that's a lot for me to say, but I've come to appreciate that digital marketing is only as good as the brand itself. And there's only so much you can do in the social and online advertising world without a distinct voice, look, or feel. And I, I take it back to kind of the three pillars of what I view as digital marketing, which are frequency, consistency, and intensity. So frequency, how often you see the brand, that can be achieved by digital itself. And often where I see growth marketing is focused on these efforts of really, let's just make sure that people see us. However, consistency is where things can go awry if you haven't invested in your brand identity. And brands that have not invested in that really start to lose the luster here. So you may be out there frequently having posts or having the visibility of the surround sound. But if people, your end users, your consumers, your customers cannot connect the dots, you're not going to stand out. And actually all of that investment in frequency is wasted because people can't connect the dots. And the brand is the glue to help people connect the dots. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last piece, intensity, right? It's, it's an essential, essential component to branding. It's that emotional connection, the feeling that you get, and that comes from brand. That's, that's the stickiness that helps things go viral a lot of times is that emotional piece. And the advice I would give to marketers is if you're thinking of growth marketing or digital marketing, you know, make sure you take a step back and think about the brand because that's, just as important to ensure that your growth strategy is it does achieves what you want it to achieve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. I, I like what you said about the emotional connection. I think that's so important and key to any engagement strategy. You know, that's what this podcast yes. is kind of really all about, engage your tribe. And I think a core element of engagement is the emotional element, yes. which, which really is key to any kind of marketing. Right. We all know that people ultimately make decisions, not robotically, right? Not like yeah. Spock from Star Trek. So much of it is emotional. Yep. And so you need to, and you need to weave that into your brand or find that emotional connection in any way you can with the people you're trying to connect to. Yeah. I, it's, it's the reason why, well, when the park is open, we go to Disney every year. It's mm -hmm. that emotional connection from, I had from when I was a kid. Yep. Absolutely. And and there's a story there too, right? Yep. It's Disney's not just a destination, a theme park, it's Disney. There's a whole narrative yep. around it uh, that's that's built up over time. In other words, the brand, one of the yep. strongest brands in the world. Yeah, exactly. So, final thoughts, based on your experience in marketing, what's something that your colleagues, whoever they may be, wherever they may be, 
can start doing right away to improve their engagement strategies? The biggest piece of advice I would give is just go back to the basics. And I think I've mentioned this a couple of times through this interview, but if you don't have the foundational elements, a lot of the exciting tactics such as digital or TV, you, you're just wasting your dollars if you don't have the foundational components. So the three areas I'd, I recommend is number one, know your audience. And it's as simple as that. It's so foundational, but have the discipline to conduct market research. And even if you can't invest in a fancy market research firm, there's some qualitative and quantitative research that you could do pretty scrappy on your own just to understand what your audience, what resonates with them. And from that, it's doing your homework, you know, establishing that target, that voice that you want to have. From there, it's a step up of owning a brand identity. What are What's the messaging that you have? What's the visual look and feel? How can you be differentiated and consistent in a cluttered market? So even if you don't have an agency partner that can help you hone these things, there are some ownable components of your brand, color schema, font, things that you want to be consistent about, the, the way that you have your images present. I see a lot of scrappy Instagrammers have high exposure on images that gives them a brand feel. And that's no investment at all. It's just a thoughtful process of how they're presenting their images. So having that identity, the way you present yourself to the world is important. And then I think, you know, operationally, when you have a marketing team, really run it in this kind of newer agile way. And with digital marketing in particular, you know, content needs to stay fresh and the website needs to constantly be optimized and your voice as a brand needs to stay current. There's so much that has changed over the last year. And if your voice is stale, people will become attuned to that. So rethink the way your marketing team operates, conduct things that you see engineers do, conduct dailies, produce content in two-week sprints, reassess your strategy on a regular basis, and you know, be willing to ebb and flow with what's working, what's not, and make the decisions to shift and change in increments. Excellent advice. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for all of that and for a great conversation. Yeah, this is great, Jeremy. Thank you for your time. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.